Hi, welcome to the Angler Hot Seat Podcast. I'm Janice Min, your host today with Richard Rushfield. Hi, Richard. Hi there. And Sean McNulty, the writer of the excellent The Wake Up Newsletter. Hi, Sean. Hey, Janice. Hi. Please remember to like and follow us where you listen to your favorite podcasts. And please subscribe to The Angler at theangler.com. The New York Times calls it a hit Hollywood newsletter. Today, we're going to talk about what else? Warner Brothers. Shows are disappearing off the platform, including 200 episodes of Sesame Street. There were so-called funeral screenings of Batgirl on the Warner's lot. Uh, One of the stars has spoken out. Uh, New series and movies are getting killed, it seems, every hour. There was even, I believe, at least according to Twitter, so take this with a grain of salt, uh, someone went in and hacked Dave Zaslav's Wikipedia page briefly to put in the description of, quote, corporate bonehead. Um, he, he, David Zasloff, the CEO of uh, the new Warner Brothers Discovery mashup, was even trending on Twitter today, which I don't think happens too often with uh, entertainment CEOs. Um, Sean. Let's start with you. How did we get here? Just give us the, give us your take on all this. This is uh, the start of the big hurt. Um, you know, we knew third quarter, fourth quarter, we're going to be bad. And here we are. And we haven't even gotten to the big layoff news yet. Not that I'm laughing at layoffs, but it's, you know, that's really going to be the big, you know, the big acts of the, the rumored ad, you know, ad sales department, all this, the big numbers haven't come yet, you know, for all the, losses so far was, you know, I mean, from a headcount point of view, it was, you know, 70 and roughly unscripted. They laid off another roughly 30 people in HBO Max in Europe today as well. Janice add on to that pile there, wow. a small layoff announcement. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a uh, back girl still here. That was, you know, the, the news has come back again. Um, uh, these funeral screenings, were <laughs> which is new, a new, it was a new term to me. Have you guys heard of a funeral? I've never heard that before. <laughs> okay, good. I thought I it was mean, in, <laughs> it's pretty bleak <laughs> before it goes into the vaults or wherever it was going. And I'm like, wow, this is uh, interesting. Um, well, uh, so when you say the big hurt with job, well, with job losses, what do you mean exactly? How big is the hurt going to be? I mean, we just heard so many and that's just large numbers back earlier in the summer, you know, about this planning. And I think the sense, you know, if you kind of talk to anybody at Warner's and, and, the, and even the second quarter call, David himself said the cuts are coming in marketing and essentially, you know, kind of technology for, for lack of a better term. We haven't seen those cuts yet. So he said they're coming. You know, it's probably going to be in Q3, which ends end of September. So, you know that hasn't happened yet. So therefore there's more to come here in terms of like, you know, corporate pain. I mean, I think Twitter's going to trend too much on that. Um, but in terms of like the, the, the hurt to the company, the morale, there's a lot more to come here than what we had this week. So, I mean, I think we've seen some places speculate it'll be thousands of people. There are $50 billion worth of debt. They're very, there's, you know, the ESG read, I will recommend highly for anybody at the Ankler this week, uh, really outlining what, debt means to a company and what that, how it limits you and what you can do. Um, he did a great job of outlining just how serious the debt situation is at Warner Brothers, not just, you know, so this $3 billion in cost cuts was a, was a, a merger rationale, but they got to, you know, the debt, <laughs> debt comes due. So, you know, at some point you got to pay this stuff back. Uh, and, you know, there's different terms of these, these different kinds of loans and so forth, but you have to start cutting costs. You cut costs. We've heard, you know, two things. So it's either jo- it's job cuts. And we've been seeing the terms all, you know, this, the things like Batgirl, where you write, write things off because you have a tax loophole and then pulling library, which is this, you know, the Sesame street, you know, they're, they're combing through that HBO max library to see, what we don't need to be paying for right now. And, you know, there's no, you know, nickel or dime that, that isn't unturned at this point, obviously. Um, so these are the leverage of pull to, to, for cost cuts. There's no other real way. And then Janice, the other thing they did was uh, they moved um, the Shazam sequel in December to a new quarter in, in, in March. So they, you know, how do you save costs by not marketing films? You know, so Q4 is a little less of a spend, you know what I mean? So it's these kinds of moves that are happening out there right now. Wow. I mean, the, um, the, the, the response in town, I mean, I feel like it's, it's probably like a, I mean, it's real, but I think in some ways, Richard, do you think it's like he has become the vessel carrying all of the woes of Hollywood at the moment? Yeah. I mean, 
Hollywood is is the cheapest date in the world because any anyone who comes into town and just says, "Oh, I talent first. We we want to reward talent and celebrate talent." And look here, I'm buying Robert Evans' house to show how much I care about old Hollywood. People are like, "Oh, our savior, he's here. He said he loves talent." Uh, but he under underneath giving the lip service to that and talking on the phone to Brian Lord and talking to all these other people, he he told us who he was. He. he he was a guy who ran this this company that made that that makes very uh, not big budget uh, big budget productions, and he was coming in with fifty billion dollars of debt. That he was very clear, I I will pay this off, and I have to meet my my cost cutting topics. Um, and it was all it was all that this this was exactly. And he he said, I'm going to put these services together somehow. Um, he he laid all this out. It was just everybody didn't want to hear that that that. And at the moment, Bob Ch- at the moment he was saying that everybody's busy beating up on Bob Chapek. Peck, so they we didn't need a villain at that at that moment. We uh, he so he could be the good guy to contrast to contrast to mean old Chapek. Um, and and I really think uh, it 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 turned on. Um, you know, you can cut as many marketing people as you as you want, and the whole you can you know you can send the whole accounting department home on Christmas Day, and and it will you know get a little it will get a paragraph on page seven. But um, if you touch a superhero movie, like you have you you have tampered with the gods there, and and the the I, I think the wrath from that uh, is is eternal. But which is not to say. The fact that he took a tentpole movie and killed it is so unprecedented, and just it's just so. I mean that that just that just hasn't happened. I mean, he didn't send it to streaming. He didn't he didn't find a way. He could he could have released it on a hundred screens and dumped it, but he said no. We're going to kill it, and we're going to take this giant movie and take a tax write off on it and use it for a tax write. Is so like contrary to everything about the bit. Like if. If this company can't guarantee that, like they're going to release a superhero movie, what 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 can they do? Um, so I, I I think it's, uh, I I think that will go down as a bigger mess to clean up than the the launch of Operation Popcorn in the end. And remind people what Operation Popcorn was. Operation Popcorn was uh, under AT and T when AT and T owned owned Warner's uh, a few months ago. They uh, they had they had the they they introduced the plan to um, to uh, to 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 send basically to to break the window to break the ninety day theatrical window and send things straight to uh, streaming and uh, there were other parts of that but but they did the uh, the unforgivable thing uh, they instituted this plan and they announced it to the world by press release. Um, and didn't tell all the stars and the yeah yeah the Jason and Jason Kyler took the took the fall for all of that yes yes yep. and uh, and they just it, it was just uh, it was just in the in the water after that that you can't trust these people as talent yeah but we also you know I mean I know the funeral screenings are happening of Batgirl but not a lot of people have seen this film I'm just running a contrarian narrative here what if the movie's not good. And then he releases Batgirl, and everybody's like, "What's DC doing? DC's in a tailspin. They're doing eighty million dollar movies. They should be doing one hundred fifty dollars." You know, like yeah. there's there's an I don't know. I mean, you know, there's an alternate narrative out there that if this movie comes, if it is that tweener of a film that isn't checking that one hundred fifty million dollar Thor box, and it's not saving anybody money here, and you know, who knows? You know, I, I, maybe it's a great movie. I really don't know, but there is, you know, no, no, no one knows. So there is a little bit of this, like. Maybe it's a tough situation not to win. Not the Richard's point. You can kind of put it out, you know, and just just let let it be. It's just a, a misfire. You don't spend the sixty million dollars to market it. You just kind of let it go, and you know, it is what it is, and take the the cost. But that, but Janice, back to your thing about the the money. They're not that company right now. They really can't. You know, this ninety million dollars, like every dollar, kind of counts. And his background, David's background, is running a cost-effective business um, yeah. and he's this is that clearly an indication that as richard said 
came in the door, Mr. Town Friendly, X, Y, and Z. We brought in Mike DeLuca, Pam Abdi. We're making more, we're restoring Warner Brothers from Project Operation Popcorn. And now the reality of business is setting in. This is, this is the big hurt of Q3 and Q4. And then we'll see where, you know, the big merge of the, the services happens next summer, which will be the next source of outrage after the, whatever happens this, you know, for this two quarters. Part of part of it is is it's just the nature of taking over a studio. Uh, partially that you have you you have you, the first thing you do is you have to when you anybody takes over is you have to kill a lot of the things your predecessor did and shut a lot of things down. And the 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 positive things you do won't show up for five years. So right. you're 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 just living on negative stories and how you're changing this sacred whatever. And you know there's probably lots of room for all kinds of changes there but but uh you you don't you don't get a good story until your the first movie you greenlight uh comes out which is years away yeah well so speaking of good stories or stories um depending i guess who you ask there is something broke today ish about Dan Lin, the 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 who runs Rideback, and uh, you know the producer behind the Lego franchise and Aladdin, so many great things. And he was um, he was a guest on our podcast uh, earlier this month, and um, and he said something. Well, first I'll tell you what the the news ish is today that he may be in talks to run DC to take it over from Walter Hamada, who probably is leaving or is leaving, you know, in the wake of the Batgirl debacle, but also sort of the the lackluster performance of the DC universe. Um, but I thought we should listen to this clip. Tatiana, who's not with us today, had asked him about what he thinks is the job that got away. I mean, you have such cool franchises uh, in your um, in your resume. What's the one franchise out there that you covet that you wish was yours? Honestly, Tatiana, DC was the one that got away. You know, when I first started my producing career, um, this in 2008, I was producing uh, Justice League and as with George Miller directing. Oh, wow. I moved my family to Australia. It was, I was going to have a very different life. And I was going to basically be overseeing the DC franchise. That got away. Um, why I wanted to make Lego Batman is my way of getting back into DC, but it's in a very different way. <laughs> um, but yes, I would say that's the one that I wish, oh, I can only have done the things I want to do at DC. That would have been really exciting. I was thinking about that when I saw the headlines today about maybe Dan Lin doing DC. I was like, was that an open job? <laughs> so like job audition during that talk? Or I mean, Dan Lin would be a natural candidate. And I think one of the other things he talks about in the podcast is that Alan Horn is one of his great mentors. And as we know now, Alan Horn is advising David Zasloff. So, um, Anyway, that was the latest DC headline today. Do, do either of you have any thoughts about that? I, I, I think I, Richard, you have some. You you have talked to some people. Yeah, I mean, at for, for at Warner's, they are uh, denying the story uh, vociferously. They're saying it has not happened yet, and even the story that broke it says uh, our source tells us no formal offers have been made to Lynn. Uh, so. It, if you if you if you read all the the stories about it today, they all have question marks in their headlines or in their their first paragraphs. So it's uh, it, it's it's far from a done deal. Warner Warner Brothers is uh, denying that this is, that this has happened or is about to happen. Um, it's definitely squishy at the moment. It, it it feels like one of these things where like a lot of it, it makes sense for a lot of a lot of reasons or the reasons because yeah, Alan Horn and because he's. He's a very successful, talented producer, and he's he's there, and he's done he, franchises. He's he's done all these things, so it makes sense. But a lot of things that make sense end up not happening. So, uh, in fact, most things that make sense don't happen. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, so, um, so, so, so this this uh, we 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 we'll see we'll we'll see where it happens. It won't, won't be the first time a uh, a a a studio has uh, denied something and then it happens uh, t two minutes later, but. Uh, but uh, I see pre uh, the the uh, the the deadline story that that uh, broke it's uh, the the way they couched this was the sense about town is that he has a pole position feel to him. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, that's 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 a long way from an offer has been made and, and the lawyers are, are just checking the, the fine print on it. 
Yep. Um, I, I think I want to talk about one of the other subtexts of all the Zasloff fury going around town right now, which is um, it's taken on a pretty hard um, uh, criticism of him around race and gender and politics even. And um, I think you may, some of you may recall, there was a, a story that Lucas Shot Bloomberg had done a few weeks ago about the senior hires that David Zasloff has made, where the story talked about just how few, I mean, I, may, I almost none of his, of his hires in senior leadership have been uh, either women or people of color. And then I think he announced a diversity officer shortly after that story ran. Um, but, uh, and then there was a story that uh, is is going around also from the Daily Beast that had the headline, laid off HBO Max executives say they're killing off diversity and courting, quote, middle America. Um, and then the, the subhead, on the story says Warner Brothers Discovery has axed about 13 non-white executives as it tries to climb out of debt. It will likely affect the shows and movies that are made. What do you think, guys? You know, I, I, I think to come and take over a company today and not be thinking about your the 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 big hires you make and and having some diversity in there is 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 crazy that's uh you're i mean it's uh, has that has not has not enough been said about that in the last in the last few years that you could just that that you just not not say that's something that has to happen in your first set of moves there um beyond that with it with with the cancellation there i mean a lot of the what studios were doing and what the networks were doing in the last few years was getting a lot more diverse because they were, as they were making more shows, they were, they were pushing out to different niches and different demographics and they were making shows for it. So as, as they sort of scale back and bring that in, um, they have to be aware that they're not, that, that they're not doing what this, this uh, beast daily beast story said that, that they're not just scaling back to the white middle America, aging audience and that has been the discovery audience right i mean is that is that yeah what... there's a there's a there's, there's a reason people uh identify david zasloff with that audience i mean that's that's uh uh that, that that's very much who discovery was 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 uh reaching well i think there was a there was a graphic a leaked graphic that the daily beast had uh from a slide um that that described the HBO Max audience as diverse groups, single people, <laughs> hybrid car drivers, <laughs> and they use and they use social media. Discovery oh. Plus people. Mm -hmm. So um, Discovery can barely plus turn on their TVs. What is that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Discovery Plus that? people, right? They get their uh, rabbit ear antenna. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, Just got cable. Roof. What um, is that? Yeah. But Discovery Plus, um, white, married, drive an SUV, no social media, might have grandkids. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's if this is accurate and i have no reason to believe it's not um as a graphic like it really reveals the cultural uh clash that's going on here and i think that um maybe we've talked about it uh on this podcast before but you know discovery was this very unsexy company on the east coast and a lot of it in maryland right for a long maybe still Silver Spring, and, like, yeah yeah, and like nobody, like the media that, you know, blue check Twitter media and yeah, uh, they just don't cover, um, didn't cover Discovery or really care about it. And I think that this is probably a rude awakening into the media and political belief system of Hollywood um, and the microscope that you're put under for these kinds of decisions. Yeah, I mean, look, AT and T wasn't great at this either. They famously came out on stage with you know a bunch of white men when they first had the big announcement. And everybody's you know like, um, there's this this picture isn't great, um, you know. So that kind of came and went. So it's not like the company he got was that diverse, you know, in a sense to begin with. But but I will say, you know, from a diversity point of view, yeah, I think there there's a thing here. But you look at HBO and HBO Max Entertainment. 
Casey Bloys is a married gay man, and there yeah. are women, uh, Sarah Aubrey, Francesca Orsi, Amy Gravitt. The top leaders are all women in HBO and HBO Max programming. They're all white, I believe. Um, but that, you know, so there's, but it's not like there's a bunch of white, you know, this diversity issue conversely, you know, implies that it's all white men. And it's like, well, no, there's some diverse, but they do have people of color. Yeah, that's a big issue. But it, you know, name me another, uh, what studio is doing great at it. Uh, you know, I don't, are they a little worse? Yeah, do they make some moves to go in the wrong direction? And does David maybe have a blind spot to this? To your point, Janice, not, it's not what he came from for sure. 110%. Right. So he's got to maybe make a bigger effort to course correct that. And maybe we're not seeing any moves, you know, that give any assurance that he's gotten that message and is taking active steps, you know, to change that. So that may be, you know, a valid point, but to say it's all a bunch of white men, I think is a little unfair. Um, if that's what the, you know, the inherent argument is, but to say that there's a uh, people uh, people of color uh, issue at one of the leading leading management. I mean, look, Channing Dungey is the head of one of those. There is some. It's not like it's, it, but it's just maybe not. These are also people who you know just left their job and are looking to say some. You know, uh, <laughs> right? Who knows the, what it is? It's you know these are people the just just required by HBO says. Max and they're uh, you yeah. know who knows what the you know. So there's a bit of that too, but definitely an image from image problem. Yes, from a from a. You need to address this more. Yes, there's he needs to do more here for 110. percent Yeah. So Richard, if you're if you're in at the agencies right now and you're advising your clients like where to take their projects right now, what are you what are you telling your uh, clients? Do you think? Um, it, uh, it you know it's a it it, it it's really a uh, a, a situation where. Uh, it's, it's very up in the air. I mean, you've, you, you've, at, at the moment, it's like Apple is the, the destination for the most, for the prestige shows for whatever reason. It's, 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 it seems like this, this is the place where your show can, uh, can, can get, get, a, get attention, right, rightly or wrongly. But, um, it, but, but the rest of the, the, the rest of the world, I mean, it's, it, it it's, it's all up in the air. What is Netflix going to look like three years from now? What is, uh, what is HBO going to look like three years from now? Well, is, is Peacock going to exist? Um, is Paramount Plus going to be a, a thing? It's, it's all, uh, it, it's all kind of a mess. So you sort of take the take best deal. You, yeah. Take the best deal you can get. And the, the, then, you know, with always, always, uh, where, where you can make the where you feel like you can make the best show and you have a chance of getting attention, but it's uh, it's tough. Well, I, I think let's go back to the column that Sean was referring to from Entertainment Strategy Guy that ran today with the best headline ever, which was <laughs> one for the M and A holes, haha. Ha. Um, and it was about um, what who should buy and sell what in the midst of a turbulent twenty twenty two, but um, it, it it's a really smart look at uh looking at the financial state of the different people different players who could either buy or be bought and um and and sean i'm going to totally mangle this so i might need you to explain <laughs> this but it was this whole um <laughs> ebitda to net debt ratio he explains uh, it very well in the P. I will highly recommend this piece to anybody. He did a very clear job, you know. As, but yes, go ahead, Janice. Yes. Well, that, so basically, the EBITDA to net debt ratio. So companies want the ratio to be below a four, according to investment bankers, and above that, you're over leveraged, and as ESG says, danger zone. So the places that are in a danger zone that are so outrageously above four, and I'm going to say uh well, let's see warner brothers it looks like it, it's, it's at 15 um amc theaters looks like it's above off the, charts. Off, off the charts the chart couldn't extend that big but places that are going to probably become buyers of some of these distressed entities include apple obviously amazon um disney's getting close to a four but isn't there yet but i think that like this belief that we've had for decades that there's an endless supply of money at these studios seems to be running out. And I liked the way that ESG started his 
started his column today, um, he said, um, you know, let's engage in another round of M&A, who should buy whom analysis. Partly this feels gross because I can't help wondering if we're heading for a mostly terrible future where all media companies consolidate down to just three or four companies. I mean, would that, do we think that's we're kind of heading down that path? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, look, we already kind of are in a, in a sense. I mean, it's you know, it's it's they're all funded by different rules. I mean, Apple and Amazon are not entertainment companies; they are tech companies who happen to have an entertainment product. Disney right. is an entertainment, you know, Warner Bros. Discovery is a studio. So, the, the, you know, the game has just changed a bit in that sense. But these, it's just, it's just the smaller players of the the Lions Gate who is actively looking to you know spin off or sell stars uh these amcs of the world um the amc networks of the world uh that still exist that are independent companies there's there's a few stragglers that have been out there every time there's a who's out there it's the same people for the past three or four years there hasn't been a big deal like that uh since warner brothers you know discovery in a sense um but that was more of a at&t offloading situation so uh this it already kind of is three to four or five companies. I don't know that it's uh, really, in my mind, I don't, I don't Do you feel there's a lot of uh, places to go in a larger sense these days or? I, I, but I isn't know. this the antitrust argument um, <laughs> that, that like that, that these mergers don't get approval theoretically, even though they all seem to get approval because you end up exactly in this situation, right? Where creative talent can't get their projects done or even put on screen because they have no options right yeah yeah, but there's i mean there's they got six like you know whatever it might be it's like it's not like there's two it's not you know it's not yeah uh a verizon and at&t and then you know t-mobile is yeah three three choices for a phone plan you know that's and i trust um a studio as what's why mgm you know was able to be bought by amazon because they looked at it and said you don't have a movie studio i don't see a problem here Um, If if this were risk, then (laughs) what would happen right now would be Apple and Amazon would 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 buy everything and they'd split the world between them. But uh, they could afford to. Yeah. Um, And and all entertainment would be owned by them. Um, But problem is uh, neither of those companies seems to show any interest or inclination in doing anything like that so they're they 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 refuse to come to the risk risk board there so uh absent that um i you know i still think i i I still think that eventually the the warner's uh the warner's discovery comcast merger i i is 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 a well those are i mean the thing is, though, back to that chart, those are two of the biggest leverage companies out there. Yeah. People forget how much money Comcast paid for Sky. They have a lot of money. That that was 30, I don't, even, I don't know what, they, you know, it was multi, multi, you know, tens of billions of dollars that, I mean, nobody knows about, nobody talks about Sky in Hollywood, obviously, I mean, per se, but it's, you know, it's a big business they bought uh, that is fine, but not like it was a blockbuster deal that changed their business, uh, quite frankly. And they paid a lot right. of money because they, Missed out on the Disney Fox deal, and then they wanted to make a deal, and they're like, "Well, what's it up? What's left?" It became a weird competitive Let's, pissing became, match. I'm going to buy something. And yeah, they bought Sky. Take that. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So they have a lot of love, and they they're a cable company. A lot of capital expenditure in the cable business, so they have a lot of you know leverage out there. So well, I, I want to run down and get your reactions um, to so. ESG makes an M&A recommendation for every entertainment yes. company. And I, some of these were really surprising to me. So he thinks Netflix, his M&A pitch is that Netflix should buy, and I cannot ever say this with a straight face, DAZN, D-A-Z-N, DAZN. Um, so- <laughs> that is the proper reaction, Janice. Don't worry about that. You are in the right there. <laughs> So DAZN is the is a sports streaming service, which you know pr- maybe problematically is I think isn't the main investor Len Blavatnik, who <laughs> yes. you know who claims not to be an oligarch anymore, I believe. But um, any thoughts on that one? I I I, I think that the zone would would be great with the. Uh, with- <laughs> I guarantee no. Richard Rushfield has never watched DAZN. I think. I- 
ESG story was literally the first I had ever heard of the zone. The <laughs> zone. The zone. Okay. Say, Most but, people uh, in the U.S. have not known. It's a more of an international sports streaming service, but it's it's not had a great run. Um, they were a boxing service that wasn't wasn't working out. They bought some soccer rights recently. They that kind of deal went south in Italy. They're now so they're not in a great. And shape. it's run by it, John Skipper. It, Formerly yes, of ESPN. Former ESPN, exactly, exactly. It feels so. like Netflix has had um, different chances over the years to get into um, into various live events things, and and has never has never come near to going in that direction. That there's some for some reason they they well they, okay, they, ESG makes this point that they did bid on cricket, so in the Indian Premier. Uh, uh, they were one of the main. They made yeah. They made a very little bit. <laughs> that was they were not a major player in the uh, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, they accidentally scratched their nose and people thought they were raising <laughs> they their were, hand at exactly. the auction. Okay. That yes. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. I, this one's the next one's interesting. Disney should buy Entertainment One. It says it says ESG. Uh, I you know I think. Look, the brands are there. They have, they have you know, uh, family-friendly. They own uh, Peppa Pig and uh, uh, not my demo, Jenna, so I'm sorry I about know, what the, the things are. Um, uh, but they, so there was a, uh, Lucas Shaw again, uh, our uh, esteemed colleague yeah, at Bloomberg, yeah. wrote yeah. a piece that, you know, Hasbro Hasbro bought E1, then the leadership changed, and they may not want to be in that business. They have the new Dungeons & Dragons movie coming out through Paramount next year. Um, but otherwise there's a lot of family properties and it sounds like Hasbro doesn't, the new Hasbro leadership isn't crazy about being in the general entertainment business, um, and maybe wanting to just, dis, uh, discard some elements. Wow. So yeah, Disney might be a CEO changes. Yes. Uh, well, top yeah. level. Yeah. Big level yeah. changes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that would make it likely home to family friendly Disney. Sure. You know, if they were going to yeah. sell. Um, so. Peppa Pig is adorable. It was very <laughs> merchandised, which would seem you could see it in the Disney. Okay, ready for Disney. I, um, okay. I, 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 when my when my children aged past the Peppa uh, demographic, there were there were some celebrations in the house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something touching, Richard. Like you kept watching or no. hung on to your Peppa doll. I, I wasn't thinking for the, maybe long for the Thomas know. period. Oh, wow. Tank. Okay. Wow. Um, okay. Tank, uh, let's run through just a few more of these. Okay. Well, one interesting one back to Zaslov, since that's sort of the main topic here. He says Warner Brothers Discovery should sell maybe Looney Tunes. It says it, it looks like, and yeah. he's, you know, he's talking about how they may, it seems like they're getting out of the kids' streaming wars anyway. That's That must be hugely valuable. I mean, that is that. You know, they're they they may not be um, uh, exploiting that or, or or using that to the maximum, but that that is like a hundred year IP that like that that uh, you 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 that that's the the crown jewels that you 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 just you you just you just can't imagine 10 40 years down the line the the things that you'll be able to do with that and 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 how but that can you like do your kids care about loot like it seems a little it seems a little like the the i like these certain kinds of cartoons i just can't imagine you can do them today where like people you know animals are blown up holding dynamite in their hand or <laughs> people are like shoved off cliffs and i mean that whole like chase all the chase stuff that um and violence that like i don't think flies today right i don't know about today but who knows where you'll be 10 years now i mean that uh, you know bugs bunny is 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 kind of Tiffany level. Uh, oh, but you know what? I then I immediately think because I am in media for too long. I immediately think of Bugs Bunny and drag and the sort of. I mean, there's so many things around Bugs Bunny that would not pass today's Twitter test. I well, he's a, he's 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 a character that goes back to you know pre way before our our current our current era. So, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a diverse characters that have been revived a number of times. Um, they're you know and and and, and, and uh, to to give up hope that that there's there's something to do with them uh, in the future. It's uh, it, it seems like you're selling your your crown jewels there. 
they're also globally recognized like that's yes. a global so like in the in the where we're going where the business is going is a global stage and to give up the, that franchises that are you know that's rare not a lot of things are known you know the minions take a lot of money to make them global brands so right. to throw away one that you could go anywhere in the world and show bugs money and someone's going to know who that is um that's a you know a valuable property and Janice, to your point it it kind of has been ignored but that doesn't mean someone can come along a lot of the legos or our yeah, friend dan, dan lynn can come in the door and be like hey what if we did this with it it hasn't been done, but you know, outside of the Space Jam reboot, which is the only time we've really even seen these characters, uh, quite frankly, uh, That's last right. year. So, right. the, you know, dormant. Not yes. very many people saw it, but yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a separate podcast, Janice, but that's fine. Um, yeah. Um, so what's next? Okay. Um, and let's see. So then maybe we'll just talk about, well, let's talk about two more of these. Um, Amazon ESG says should buy AMC theaters um, and that it could be part of uh, part of the Prime subscription with reduced ticket prices for members. Kind of ingenious, right? I like this one. Uh, this is my favorite of all of his, actually. And I think, although I'm curious why I didn't say Cineworld, which is available for $68 million Even right now, distressed. or whatever yes. it is, you know, and that's that's still Regal, which is still getting you 6,000 screens. You know, it's not, they're roughly the same size. AMC is a little bit bigger, but, um, and you don't have to worry about all that leverage that we talked about with AMC, where Cineworld doesn't, I mean, they're, in a great state, but they don't have that, that bigger problem there. So, but buying a movie theater chain is really, you know, they bought Whole Foods. Yeah. And for that reason, not alone, but that was the thinking. So, yeah, could you have a, an actual turnkey presence in 50 states of the country? Uh, where you could, again, they could be Amazon locker pickup situation. You know, it's that, it's that flywheel, yes. our favorite flywheel term of the month, uh, Janice, we're talking about, you know, where you could, it's way different. That's whole, well, way different than Whole Foods. Well, you, know? you could grab your popcorn. It could scan it on your whatever, your, that weird, creepy app where that like just takes your, you know, that you don't have to pay for anything. Um, I yep. mean, so many things you could do. Yeah. I mean, I mean to, to, to have somebody come along and, uh invest in a, in a large scale at uh upgrading the the the, the movie experiences yeah this is your thing richard like you like the i mean the the you know going back to like david zasloff in middle america and whatever whatever the fiction of middle america is to people who don't live in middle america but exactly. richard you do talk legitimately about these movie theaters outside of um, you know, the west side of Los Angeles or Manhattan that are in horrible decline. Yeah, and and, and it's hard to believe that Amazon, uh, if if they owned uh, a, a, the America's biggest chain of theaters, would 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 stand for that in in any places that they own, and that they they wouldn't look at like how do we make this a better experience? How do we, you know, having people having people come to to movies and spend half an hour online for for popcorn and then make them sit through half an hour of advertising yeah. uh is I, I i can't imagine that amazon with with all their research and everything would would say we can't find ways to improve improve on this and yeah. uh it's uh you know the the downside of it is if you're going into the movie theater business um you're going to look at the the movie slates that are coming out in the next two years and if I was looking at that, I would be a little worried about about getting into the uh, getting into the exhibition business uh, based on. Um, yeah, it'd um, be like uh, remember this is a company that uh, monitors their employees for productivity in warehouses. <laughs> People are urinating in Amazon uh, bo in plastic bottles. Uh, so the you know the empty yeah. the the no product uh, no inventory movie theater doesn't look so hot, I guess. Um, yeah, if 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 you're gonna if if you're going into this and you're looking to, okay, so next year I have less than one movie a week uh, coming my way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that looks slightly less attractive. Um, all right, so then let's end on this one, which I thought was super fun and smart for ESG to suggest. Apple uh, buys um, AMC Networks, not to be confused with AMC Theaters, and or a24 thoughts yeah i think i i i i could see either either of those things i mean for i think for apple the whole uh their whole entertainment adventure is basically a branding exercise it's it's like it's it's uh about putting uh 
prestige. Nice things and nice de devices. <laughs> yeah, um, and and it's definitely about winning awards. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed uh, uh, during the Hollywood online critics association um i mean whatever that di was dinner last week tim cook uh ceo of the uh, what is it the second largest com company on earth was uh tweeting following along and tweeting congratulations to uh to his winners so do, do people know that was just made up and spun out of thin air this year are people fully aware of that that, that uh, see, i mean see, see the transom on monday Oh, I was kind of like, wait, what are, what are these? And then it's being like, you know how you get the endless blasts from the trades. And I'm like, this is being treated like, <laughs> like it's the 92nd HCAs. And I'm like, what does that even stand for? Wasn't but... there a space, a space available for a completely made up, uh, totally nonsensical award show since the hollywood what? awards have have, have uh, Car that guy carlos he must be like nothing to see over here like yeah. i was <laughs> it was all totally above board um but like god we should spin up some made-up ankler awards and like uh, get you know <laughs> it would be <laughs> we should it's <laughs> announced brad pitt is the presenter uh right. the, host the lifetime the achievement award um, <laughs> yeah. um uh so yeah and but but just my final thought i want my final thing i want to note from um esg's piece was just that all these streaming services and he points out apple like everyone needs a library this is their cheap way to get a library relatively cheap um that aligns with apple values um so uh and anyway really fun piece um, yeah a lot of fun really and, and, and and inside that the breakdown of debt and worth company it's really worth it's it's, it's done in a very you know like understandable way did a great job with it for you sean for you you're the only <laughs> one on this podcast who who fully understood it but i nodded along the charts like were I... good janice no the charts <laughs> didn't help no all right i thought that was a nice touch um well before we close i should point out something you did sean this week that oh boy was, yeah yeah in a good way in a <laughs> okay good all right okay it was like like it was like the this the companion piece to esg's piece about i think we, we launched media nerd monday with your name on it and because all on your own you had done this analysis of how disney plus achieves profitability and it's so good and i nodded along also pretending i fully understood it but it's really smart so um anyway yeah, well no, the, the the key to unlock that. So essentially, you know, we've all set up or we all, you know, listening to the earnings calls, Disney's losing, you know, a billion point, $1.1 billion a quarter. And then they're on the call saying, you know, we're going to be profitable in two years. And then, you know, while we're at the same time, we're scaling back our India, you know, subscriber count or, you know, kind of not committing to it anymore. And it's like, how is this even going to happen? And they released some, just a thing about Hulu being two thirds ad supported, one third, you know, ad at uh at free that kind of when you look at the the numbers it's like oh all right i actually see what they're seeing there's a lot of questions but i can see with the with the the at the um the price raise which is big yep. coming up the, you know those big price raises which we don't know what the churn is going to happen with that so that's a big question mark but with those price raises raising income and then the ad supported tier launching not only in the us but then also internationally later next year it's going to bring in a lot of revenue, you know, to kind of change this tide or it could, you know, in theory could uh, bring a lot of revenue. So it, well, it was really well broken down, but yeah. I, well, I want to give one more nod to a piece that was done this week, which is kind of the summation of everything we've talked about, which is Richard did a column about <laughs> basically we we're in the too much stuff era, which um, mm -hmm. if you saw it had a picture of an Oreo package with, I <laughs> did not know there was a brand of Oreos called, was it called much stuff with with one f or something and it's the extra stuffed oreo which is the which is analogous to the current content marketplace where and uh it's so richard talked about what how this is basically you know eroding our attention spans the ability for anything to break through and i wanted to i want you to talk about it richard but sean you had earlier asked us before we got on this call there is a movie opening with two big stars tomorrow and it is and we none of us knew None of us knew. 
Yes, there's a well, by the podcast this Friday, uh, the 26th, there's a two of the biggest movie stars in the world, uh, and one of the large, bigger uh, comedy film directors from the 2000s have a film coming out. And I just, just message everybody, you know, can you tell me what it is? And no one could tell me what it is. And it is me time on Netflix, which is uh, Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg, arguably two of the biggest names. You're paying a lot of money for those guys to be in your movie. And there's no, and I'm like, have you seen anything on it? And, you know, Never heard no. Of it. And it's like, that. there's no TV campaign. And, uh, you know, I'm going to write a little bit more about this, but it's just inspired this, you know, uh, as much as big movies make movie stars, marketing campaigns, multi-million dollar marketing campaigns make and keep movie stars. And when you lose that marketing campaign, you know, the movie will probably do well, you know, in terms of a metric, it's like, it's successful for Netflix, but is it successful for Mark Wahlberg? you know a, a good point question but you know and as you know and when you do and this is kevin's second movie with netflix this summer what was the other one janice oh wow richard yeah i can't tell you the man from toronto with uh, our friend woody harrelson right. came out it was a former sony pick that came oh, out in wow. june right? that was the Did one they, they very well on the service but if i ask you what were the great movies this summer you're you didn't you know you didn't even know it right now so you know I, marketing I, matters and uh, oh by the way if you asked me a movie a great movie from the summer i would say top gun I mean, right or I minions can't. or thor minions. The, the ones you saw i still see minions in liberty mutual in a commercial they're still out there you know because the marketing is still out there and when you don't have this presence it's just the collective consciousness of what you know oh my god that's important and when you don't see that around you all the time, it has a cumulative effect. So, uh, you know, it's just something that's not talked about much, but it the movie works for Netflix. It's not, you know. I, I think we're going to be talking about that more. I know Richard yeah. uh, Richard cares a lot about this, but Richard, are like our brains broken at this point? Yeah, I've, I, I love playing right yeah. with Richard. Yeah. All, I mean, I, you're talking about using my using my own brain as an example. Definitely, uh, the I mean, uh, our. You you look at our entire uh, cult. I mean, just look at our conversation about politics is there any way to describe this as a a, a a country that's that's e or even able to have a coherent conversation or follow a train of thought for uh for 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 more than a tenth of a news cycle anymore no. it's where you know we are so de deluged by stuff every second it's that nothing nothing can seem important anymore before we wrap up, um, and I think we'll probably come back on a podcast to talk about this topic, because um, Richard and I have talked about wanting to cover marketing more in this industry. Um, but, okay, prediction from both of you, in three months, will we still be talking about David Zasloff? Will he be the executive in the proverbial hot seat? It's, I mean, it's, it's Jeff, Jeff Shell. Uh, if, if I were him, I would just never leave my house, never say a word in public. Right, because because it, it it should be his turn after after Ted and, uh, <laughs> the Rob, and Ted Robin Reed. here. <laughs> um, so, I would he, he does a good job of keeping his his Very low uh, profile, but, real low. But I, I I think yeah, well I I I think to tie it back to the last point, I think we're going to get bored of beating up David Zasloff by three months from now, and and need someone else to uh, someone else will have offended the the gods, and we'll need to move on to them. Yeah, Sean. well, the, so the three months we'll have, you know, Black Adam will just have come out in theaters. So Warner Brothers will have a hopefully a very successful uh, narrative to say about the movies. And we'll see how Don't Worry Darling does. Um, they might have a good Oscar contender with Elvis, too. That, right. Yeah. So there may be some, you know, some positives there. And maybe even Don't Worry Darling. Who knows, you know, what the prestige, what the buzz will be out of that in Toronto next month. Um, but, you know, but to Janice, you know, they have a lot long way to go here. So three months, yeah, probably still going to be not in a great place um, yeah let me guess they won't have it solved in three months <laughs> well that number one but will they have been through all the you know i'm saying bandit ripping off but it's the worst than that but just the you know the complete refiguring of this company you know uh which is going to happen in the next few months so I, I don't know that any other company saving something totally you know out of unpredictable but is going to come into the spotlight disney's going to have an amazing fourth quarter as Morgan pointed out today, they have the three huge temples, you know, Black 
uh, oh Black my Panther god, two. They've got out. Avatar two. They have this animated movie which is by itself on Thanksgiving. I don't know how that happened. The you know, inevitability the, of just the, like of Disney crushing it is is yeah. They're gonna have amazing. So Bob Chapek will be back. Uh, you know, it's kind of in the in the spotlight in the good in a way that he's more probably more uh, happy about. So I think you know Zazov's probably not going to be too much further removed uh, from an image point of view at that point. Not to say that there's more to do, but you have to get through this um, very, very tough period and stop losing money. Like, you know, they lost 2.1 billion or 3.1, you know, but the number wasn't in the second quarter. And it's like, it's just a bad, bad time at the company, you know, it's, and this is the hard part. Oof. Well, but um, I will say, well, and the HBO max point <laughs> thing again this week, 40% off everywhere. I don't know how many ads you guys are getting for HBO max discounting, but uh they're running a 40% off for a year. Uh, you have to buy it annual in full, right? And I, that's for the biggest discount. Yeah, I, think there may be, I don't think it's a monthly. I think it's only annual, but that's what they're kind of billing it as, is uh, this big 40% off through, through October. Um, so Through October of this year. Through October and then does 30th. That mean, does that mean you're going to be converted to as you call it, Warner Brothers Disco next year? Is that uh, that's an interesting, that is an interesting point because your year-long subscription will guarantee you are not canceling when they put whatever things go into place next June. And it's a way for them to also buffer, uh, in theory, mitigate whatever right. loss or cancellation might happen if there's a big price increase or whatever it might be. When, when Chip large... and Joanna Gaines are suddenly on your HBO Max app. And know. you're paying $20 a month for it where you're paying $5 a month for it now, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. Uh, who knows? You've been you know, transitioned, but, yeah. Yeah, whatever that's going to be. Um, so that's another way to mitigate that and also goose those uh, Q3 subscriber numbers a bit. But that they are well advertised. That is not a secret. That is not a hidden code. That is a very much advertised uh, deal they're putting out there right now. And, wow. then will, and then just side offer, Peacock will also be offering a $20 for a year deal as of September 1st. So you're seeing a lot of discounting uh, well, in the Sean, streaming because business. I've learned so much from you. This is going to badly affect ARPU. <laughs> this is where the ARPU covers it, which Peacock does not release, so they have no problem there. I'm wondering when um, we get to ARPU. Finally. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Last Fly minute of the podcast, we get to ARPU. We hit Flywheel ARPU. already, so we go to ARPU. But uh, the great discounting will be the uh, the Q3 narrative on streaming uh, to see how that turns out. But it's very interesting. That's, that's the tactic lever that's being pulled right now in a big way. Okay. Well, um, last thing I'll say is that I think our podcast on anxiety hit a nerve with a, with a lot of people. I heard oh boy. really, I guess good feedback would be the wrong word, but I heard people a lot from a lot of people who thought we discussed something that people aren't really talking about. So okay. um, anyway, I'm, maybe we will revisit that topic as well, because I am imagining anxiety is uh, increasing and not decreasing as we continue to go down this path. Um, anyway, so great to spend time with you both. Thank you, Richard. Thanks, Sean. Um, I will see you soon, and we will be back next week. Um, remember to like and follow the Ankler wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and subscribe to the Ankler at theankler.com. See you later.